0: You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast. Please enjoy today's show, hosted by a pastor on staff here at East Coast Christian Center.
1: Hello, everybody. This is Pastor David. Super excited to be with you guys for this program today. We're going to be going into Mark 8. If you're new to the program, let me just lay out what we do. What we do here is for Morning Breath is we take a chapter of the Bible and we read it the night before. So last night. And then we read it the morning of in our Merritt Island studio, and we we just we sit and we talk. It's usually a pastor and a co-host, sometimes two pastors, and we talk about what God has breathed on our hearts as we read this chapter. I am super excited because I'm here today with one of my favorite people. She is an amazing young lady. She is the mezzanine administrator. She is so many more things that she is like i mean she is a young pastor for sure in heart and she is killing it in life she just got married a little bit ago now has she's a dog mom yeah i mean and it is nikki Malika. how are you doing nikki
2: i'm super good and really excited to be here today
1: i know i loved it uh before this program she was texting me about like there's so much stuff in the chapter she wants to talk about and i can't wait i can't wait to hear everything you're going to put out and um but What before we get in, you got to know how to be plugged into what we're doing. So, I tell you what, Nikki, tell them how to plug in.
2: Yeah, so you guys can download the East Coast app, or you can go to our website at eccc.us. We've got all information on there events, past sermons, and more morning breath episodes. You can also find East Coast Christian Center on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Or if you want, you can call us at 321. 452-1060, 452-1060, and we will email you and mail you with more information about East Coast. Or if you guys don't know, we're open. Come on in. We'd love to meet you and um, get you get more
1: oh my gosh i get, get you more, more plugged more. in <laughs> it happens <laughs> words it happens. are
2: hard guys words they are hard. Are.
1: they are but i tell you what, i said a hard word earlier uh i said mezzanine what tell us tell us a little bit what is this what's the mezzanine
2: oh this old thing called mezzanine um that is our young adult ministry that we have here so like pastor david said earlier um i'm actually the administrator for it um so this happens every sunday night at 7 p.m um all young adults throughout Bravara just come and attend you get to hear great worship uh, an okay message <laughs> at best um, and just get to hang out with um, other young adults that are just chasing after Jesus it's always such
1: a blast come on it's so good and in case you don't know she's ribbing me a little bit I preach <laughs> at the mezzanine I'm the young adult preacher my wife and I pastor it and it's a passion of our heart and we love it and I tell you right now we are so blessed with the college students that we have at East Coast they're they, they they love Jesus and they're just pursuing him. And it's just so encouraging. So it's Sunday nights at seven at our Maryland location. Um, come check it out. It's 18 to 29. So come check it out. If you got and let, let a little loved one know, if you got a niece or nephew or someone in the family, let them know about it. So well, i tell you what, we got 50 verses. We got 50 verses and let's split it right up the middle, I'll take the first 25, and then you'll take the first 26. Sounds good. And um, I tell you what then, Nikki, do you want to get me started?
2: I say unto you, <clears throat> sir, read.
1: Jesus went on to say, I tell you the truth. Some standing here right now will not die before this, they before they see the kingdom of God arrive in great power. Six days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up A high mountain to be alone. As the men watched, Jesus' appearance was transformed, and his clothes became dazzling white, far whiter than any earthly bleach could ever make them. Then Elijah and Moses appeared and began talking with Jesus. Peter exclaimed, Rabbi, it's wonderful for us to be here. Let us make three shelters as memorials, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He said this because he didn't really know what else to say, for they all were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my dearly loved son. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, Moses and Elijah were gone, and they saw only Jesus with them. As they went back down the mountain, he told them not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead, so they kept it to themselves. But they often asked each other what he meant by rising from the dead. Then he asked them, Why do the teachers of religious law insist that Elijah must return before the Messiah comes? Jesus responded, Elijah is indeed coming first to get, what every, to get everything ready. Yet why do the Scriptures say that the Son of Man must suffer greatly and be treated with utter contempt? But I tell you, Elijah has already come, and they chose to abuse him just as the scripture predicted. When they returned to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd surrounding them, and some teachers of religious law were arguing with them. When the crowd saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with awe, and they ran to greet him. What is all this arguing about? Jesus asked. One of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, Teacher... I brought my son so you could heal him. He is possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And whenever the spirit seizes him, it throws him violently into the ground. Then he foams at the mouth, grinds his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. Jesus said to them, "You, you faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought the boy. But when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion and he fell to the ground, writhing and, fo- writhing and foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, since he was a little boy, then the spirit often throws him into a fire or to water, trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. What do you mean, if I can? Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. The father instantly cried out, I do Do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. Then Jesus saw that the crowd of onlookers was growing. He rebuked the evil spirit. Listen, you spirit, make this boy unable to hear and able to speak. He said, I command you to come out of this child and to never enter him again.
2: Then the spirit screamed and threw the boy into another violent convulsion and left him. The boy appeared to be dead. A murmur ran through the crowd as people said, He's dead, but Jesus took him by the hand and helped him to his feet, and he stood up. Afterward, when Jesus was alone in the house with his disciples, they asked him, Why couldn't we cast out that evil spirit? Jesus replied, This kind can be, this k- kind can be cast out only by prayer. Yeah. Leaving that region, they traveled through Galilee. Jesus didn't want anyone to know he was there, for he wanted to spend more time with his disciples and teach them. He said to them, The Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of his enemies. He will be killed, but three days later he will rise from the dead. They didn't understand what he was saying, however, and they were afraid to ask him what he meant. After they arrived at Capernaum and settled in a house, Jesus asked his disciples, What were you discussing out there on the road? But they didn't answer, because they had been arguing about which of them was the greatest. He sat down, called the twelve disciples over to him and said, Whoever wants to be first must take last place and be the servant of everyone else. Then he put a little child among them, taking the child in his arms, and he said to them, Anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf welcomes me, and anyone who welcomes me welcomes not only me, but also my Father who sent me. John said to Jesus, Teacher, we saw someone using your name to cast out demons, but we told them to stop because he wasn't in our group. Don't stop him, Jesus said. No one who performs a miracle in my name will soon be able to speak evil of me. Anyone who is not against us is for us. If anyone gives you even a cup of water because you belong to the Messiah, I tell you the truth, that person will be surely rewarded. But if you cause one of these little ones who trusts in me to fall into sin, it would be better for you to be thrown into the sea with a large millstone hung around your neck. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better to enter into eternal life with only one hand than to go into the unquenchable fires of hell with two hands. If your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better to enter eternal life with only one foot than to be thrown into hell with two feet. And if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. It's better to enter the kingdom of God with only one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell. Where the maggots never die and the fire never goes out. For everyone will be tested with fire. Salt is good for seasoning, but it loses its flavor. How do you make it salty again? You must have the qualities of salt amongst, amongst yourselves and live in peace with each other.
1: Ah uh, man. Wow, there's there's so much here to cover. I I'll, I'll come out the gate swinging. I love how Jesus says to them when it comes to the issue of the demoniac or the demon-possessed boy and uh, it's very harsh and it's something that I believe Christianity doesn't get right. <clears throat> Christianity doesn't end say like demonic possessions and exorcisms and all that. No. I believe that we need to take personal growth more seriously and growth, not just in our finances and in our marriages and in our health, but actually spiritual growth with Jesus and the word, because that's what his rebuke is to them when it comes to this young boy, he when he's saying to him, he's like, listen, how long do I have to be with you guys, you know, for, for you guys to be able to 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 understand? Like he even calls them, hey, you faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Well, there has to be a point, too, where in our lives, some of the things we're confronting and dealing with, and we know that it is a personal willful choice that we keep returning to make as Solomon would write in Proverbs, a fool returns to his folly like a dog returns to its vomit that we need to say, hey, listen, you know what? This one's kind of on me. All right. You know, if, you know, going out and drinking and doing drugs and and popping pills is killing your life, The Bible can't be more clear for us to not be people that are bound to addiction. All right. You know, there has to be some personal weight on your shoulder where you need to say, hey, listen, I want to personally grow with Jesus to a point to whatever void I'm filling with these addictions is no longer worth it to me. And on the spiritual component that I'm able to break these chains, have by the power of the Holy Spirit, break these chains in my life, instead of just looking up at the stars, maybe with prayers that are just hopeful, empty prayers, knowing that by our own free will, we will return back to what is killing us. Instead saying, no, no matter what happens to me, I'm going to stand on the rock and the foundation. That is Jesus. Christ, and we we do have a level of personal ownership to our faith and our faith walk with Jesus. So that kind of stood out to me, and there really is a hard balance in a church right now where some people are so super grace that everything's okay and sin is okay. And that couldn't be farther from the truth. And there are some people that are super um, religion law-based that nothing is okay, and somehow they feel it is their job to punish people for for uh, sins and and wherever people fall short. And the truth is we're called to be on a sanctification walk where there's an ebb and flow of both. Someone has a sin, we recognize it, but then we develop we get healed and we have breakthrough and we move forward. So that's kind of what stood out to me. What about you, Nikki? What What did you like?
2: Yeah, I really liked um, verse 24. It says the father instantly cried out. I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. Um, and I love that just because it makes me want to have a teachable spirit of like, I do believe in you, Jesus, but the world and what it offers is not great. And it's hard to see a lot of stuff that you, can't see come to life. And that's what faith is, is is not seeing and um, just believing in Jesus. So I love that it's a teachable, teachable spirit of like, I do believe in you, but I need help. I can't do this on my own for my own, my own belief. And even if when you scroll down even more, when it looked like the, the child was dead, it says, but Jesus took him by the hand and helped him up to his feet and he stood up we can't do this alone. Jesus Come is on. there. He's helping us. He's lifting us up and gets us back onto our feet. We just have to have that teachable spirit.
1: Come on, that is so good. And you know what? You can't really if you if you if you're listening to this now and you are kind of beating yourself up and you're thinking, man, I haven't been that teachable or there's some areas where where you know what uh, you know what this applies to me. Have be encouraged because look, one of the most powerful moments in scripture, Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. The first thing after this moment happens, you have a guy saying, because, and, and my translation, I, I think in the one I read last night, says, because he didn't know what else to say.
2: I love that. I was like, that is so <laughs> relatable. I'm like, yeah, this is great, guys. Yeah, okay. Deep yeah. down, I'm so
1: afraid. <laughs> I know. Peter's like, well, like, you know, I, I love to do this. You know, at the point of a phone call, Nikki— where you know all the words have been said for the conversation that need to be said mm-hmm. and now it's time to say the goodbye yep. sometimes to people i will be an awkward goodbyer on purpose just to see what they do because it's kind of fun and one You're of the, the things, worst and, kind of people <laughs> and one of the things um i'll do is um i'll just be quiet but not have said the oh goodbye gosh. and it's just silence and i feel like that's what happened here is here are these three guys who were not a part of the story directly, and the other three guys were directly a part of the event that was going down. And how funny is it that one of the three non-active players in the story, James, Peter, and John, felt the need that they had to add value to two of the greatest prophets from the Old Testament and the Messiah. You know? And it's like, of course, Peter, we really needed your two cents. Um, I, would, I would say this. I would look at every scenario that's being spoken in your life and you don't have every scenario that's being um, played out in your life, you don't always have to have a say in it. You don't always have to speak into every person's decision. You don't always have to speak into every direction. Be okay with some things your spouse does without you having to have control over it. Be okay with some things your kids do. I know it might stretch some of us, but you don't have to have say and control over it. Be okay with some things the boss wants to plan out, and behind his back or her back, you don't call him an idiot. Be okay with not... Speaking, there's a lot more strength and actually self-control than showing how smart you are and how valuable you are. These guys, and little would they know that you flip to the back of the book and Peter holds an incredible place in heaven. I mean, an incredible place. And if Peter knew who he would be in the book of Revelation, I don't know if he would have felt the pressure to speak who he is now. And I'm here to tell you guys that you are seated at the right hand of Christ, that you are heirs to the throne of Jesus Christ, that John 15, Romans 8, Ephesians 2 says you are chosen by Christ. Romans 8 says you're a child of God. So you do not have to feel the pressure of the insecurity to respond out to every scenario that comes about in your life so um, I just want you guys to know that and that's a lot I mean being a person that people come to me from my perspective on stuff being a dad and a husband and just someone that likes likes the sound of their own voice this is an area once again of personal growth that I have to challenge myself and say hey if I want to see God's best in my life and others lives um, sometimes they need less of me so what, what else did you like Nikki?
2: Yeah I mean I even feel like that what you were just saying relates to the verse 35 and it says whoever wants to be first must take last place and be the servant of everyone else and that just feels like a weird concept of like if i want to be first i have to be last but that's really what it is like you have to be willing to take a step back and be a servant um instead of maybe being the lead or being the person that um is taking charge or wants to be the greatest you mm-hmm. have to be last and serve everyone else
1: Amen. I tell you what, and you're such a good example of that. You know, I see you pouring out for the church, and I see you doing your job so well, and I see even, you know, outside of what you get paid for here at the church, you still take a week of your life, and you go to camp, and you lead a room full of teenage girls, and you still do so much around here. You lead freedom groups, and you lead small groups, and you do so much around here, and it's like... You know, you would think that that is what earned something and it it didn't earn anything. Well, what it does is when you when you serve like that, it shows something, it shows your heart. And uh, I know for me as church leaders, if there's nothing Nikki could ask for that, we'd probably say no to besides uh, a raise or more days off or a new computer. I'm joking. Um, but and that's what God sees when he looks down. He sees when you're pouring out your heart like that, that he's like, man, you know what? I I, I actually want to. And, and that's what He says here, man. If someone, he says it in the chapter as well, he says, if someone to give one of these a cup of water, don't you think I would bless them? Like, don't you think, like, like, but our cultural mindset is that we have to earn everything, you know, but our biblical mindset is that because of Jesus Christ, we are now positioned for things. And if you don't get that right in your thinking, you're going to think you need to earn the blessing, earn the favor. Here's the truth. My kids are going to have dinner tonight. Not because they earned it. They could very well get spanked before and after dinner before <laughs> their, before their, you know everything goes down because of their behavior. They might have earned the spanking, but guess what? They're, because of who they are, they're gonna be fed and they're gonna get baths and they're gonna sleep in a, in a safety of a home and, and you have to understand you're a child of God. You don't need to beg God for certain things. He actually never asks you to beg him. He does say ask, asking you shall receive. All right. So but if he also will say that um, if you do not doubt in your heart, when you pray, ask and you shall receive is what he actually says. So oftentimes we doubt because we don't doubt the bigness of God, but we doubt our position in his life. And when you you look at the perspective of I'm a son or I'm a daughter, it changes the way you ask and how you look at things. So I tell you what, Nikki, what else? What else did you like? What else? jumped out to you
2: well I was actually just going to add to that verse of um, that was a big reason I joined the apprenticeship here at the mm-hmm. church was I wanted to be led um, and I remember having a conversation with you Pastor David of like hey yeah. I kind of already lead the mezzanine what does that look like for me to do with the apprenticeship because that was a lot of the apprenticeship was leadership and I was like I feel like I'm already in that how do I take a step back and go into this and be led and it was like the apprenticeship that's, that's where we're going to go um, so I thought that was really cool because it definitely reminded me of wanting to take a step back and just be in, and just be led, be filled so that way I could grow even more.
1: I tell you what, and you're right. Like, that's a great testimony to being like, hey, I, for me to continue further in my discipleship, I might have to do something that goes counterculture to my title. And I, as I get older, I see that a lot in my generation, in the 40-year-olds, that we won't go get help because we should know this already. And kind of the worst things you can adapt deep into your heart is the culture of uh, fake it till you make it. That can get, I'll, I'll tell the young ones, I'll tell people, listen, that fake it till you make it can get you through the day, but it won't get you through the week or the year. All right? You've got to quickly learn what you don't know. And so it, and if that means you've got to lower your pride, then you got to lower your pride. I'm always I'm always kind of like, I don't know. I started that sentence. Wrong. Let me start it again. I will never be too much of a pastor to go down to my own church's prayer line and get prayer from a prayer counselor. I don't care that I'm a pastor. That's more the reason I should go down and get prayer. If I need prayer, I need prayer. And I, if those people are you know, amped up to pray for somebody, well, then I want to be a part of what they're doing. And, and that's that's kind of a, a, a my perspective on that. And if I need help, I mean, I go through our freedom curriculum um, at least every year, at least every year and a half, and I lead a freedom group so that way I can stay focused in. I want to touch on this really quick before we go to break, though. This Mount of Transfiguration here, and you see Moses and Elijah there, that this is a very important portion of scripture, because Jesus is about to enter into the final portion of his journey. And it's almost like he is getting dialed in, centered in on what he's doing, that that you see Moses who brings the law, Elijah, the greatest of the prophets, and then the father speaks. And then when you would later hear, what is the greatest commandment? What does God say? Love God with all that you have. Um, love your neighbor as yourself. If you do this, you sum up the law and the prophets. All right. So this is everything is coming to to the finale of what we would know of the distance between God and man. This is such an important deal here inside of Scripture. His full whiteness means once again, his he is actually standing in his actual righteousness on this mountain free because he has never sinned. He did not need anything else. And we're able they were able to have a moment with that. And I want to encourage you today that one point of this was like, you know, if you if you you know better cut your leg off than go to heaven you know with a leg if your leg caused sin when you die and you go to heaven you will not suffer from anything that you have here alright we see a picture of that here we see a picture of that when Jesus returns that there will be healing for us um, so this is really cool this is a really tie-in of the New and the Old Testament and that how incredible it is the final work of Jesus Christ on the cross is so I tell you what, we're going to take a small break and when we come back Nikki's going to close us out with our final thoughts
0: You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast from East Coast Christian Center. We will be back shortly after we thank our sponsors.
2: At East Coast Christian Center, we are building a life-giving church that lasts. We are one church in many locations with campuses in Merritt Island, Vieira, Need a fence professionally done the first time? Hercules and Atlas Fence, owned and operated by Mike Green, has been certified since 1960. No job is too big or too small. Hercules and Atlas Fence, 321-258-9853. Find them online at ineedafence.com.
0: kids that's 321-453-5437 welcome back to the morning breath podcast lean in as the pastors finish the show
1: with their final thoughts all right, here we go. Nikki, you're going to give us the final thought. Drop that wisdom on us.
2: Yeah, so I wanted to touch on like the last 10 verses cuz they seem very intense. <laughs> and I think if you were like a new believer or someone reading this for the first time, you're like that is very extreme. If I do something with my hands that is a sin, I need to cut them off. If I do something with my feet, that's a sin. Cut it off. Like very morbid. <laughs> um and so I actually asked Pastor David, I was like, "What does that really mean to to cut that stuff off. And um, I think in, in the perspective of just being a 20 year old and in my 20s experiencing mezzanine, finding out who I am, there's a lot of stuff that I've had to cut out of my life, like time with people or places that I've gone or shows that I'm watching of this isn't benefiting me any. This isn't bearing any fruit and being a newlywed and stuff like that, figuring that out with my husband of Um, what direction do we want to take in our lives and if this isn't bearing any fruit we need to cut it out there's places we don't go anymore there's um just time that we don't waste spending on things that aren't necessary or needed um so i think he was just trying to put like a seriousness on on sin and and that it has no place in our life we need to send it out send out the evil
1: that's good That is really good That is so true And, and addressing where the sin is Because it brings death And then cutting it out From our life Now we're not people That cut out people right. As the heart set But we might cut out The time we allocate As much to them Because they're bringing death Into what we have And God has created us He has chosen us He has a purpose for us We don't need anything Slowing that down Man Well I tell you what I love today's chapter You did incredible Nikki Thank Thanks. you so much For being on <laughs> We'll see you guys In the next one next episode
2: we hope you enjoyed today's episode of the morning breath podcast if you did we would love for you to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend to follow along with our daily chapter list and for quick access to east coast podcasts events and more download the east coast app it's the best way to stay connected with everything east coast we would also love for you to join our online community just search for east coast christian center on facebook and instagram Thanks again for listening to the Morning Breath Podcast.